As far as the brilliance is concerned, there is brilliance both in the original sun and in the reflections, but the reflections are small, whereas the original sun is very large. Vaishnava philosophers conclude that the living entity is simply a small sample of the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. Qualitatively, God and the living entities are one, but quantitatively, the living entities are small fragments of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Amsa. The Supreme Lord is full, powerful, and opulent. In the previous verse, the Lord says, My dear friend, you and I are not different. This non difference refers to qualitative oneness. For it was not necessary for the Paramatma, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, I'm sorry, the Supreme Personality, to remind the conditioned soul that he is not one in quantity. The self-realized soul never thinks that he and the Supreme Personality of Godhead are one in every respect. Although he and the Supreme Personality of Godhead are one in quality, the living entity is prone to forget his spiritual identity, whereas the Supreme Personality never forgets. Chala and Akshala. <coughs> this is the difference between oh, Lipta and Alipta. Mm. I'm not sure where that comes from. Lipta. So the previous verse. That's interesting. What mm. Prabhupada is referring to there, Lipta and Alipta. I'm sure he'll explain it. Let's see. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is eternally Alipta uncontaminated by the external energy. The conditioned soul, however, being in contact with material nature, forgets his real identity. Therefore, when he sees himself in the conditioned state, he identifies himself with the body. For the Supreme Personality of Godhead, however, there is no difference between the body and the soul. He is completely soul. He has no material body. Although the super soul, Paramatma, and the individual soul are both within the body, the super soul is devoid of designation, whereas the conditioned soul is designated by his particular type of body. The super soul is called Antaryami. And he is extensive. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 13, text 3. Jitra Gyan Chapi Mam Viti Bhavata. 
Oh, son of God, oh, Zion of Barata, you should understand that I am also the Noah in all bodies. The super soul is present in everyone's body, whereas the individual soul is conditioned in one particular type of body. The individual soul cannot understand what is taking place in another's body, but the super soul knows very well what is happening in all bodies. In other words, the super soul is always present in his full spiritual position, whereas the individual soul is prone to forget himself. Nor is the individual soul present everywhere. Hmm. Generally, in his conditioned state, the individual soul cannot understand his relationship with the super soul. But sometimes, when he is free from all conditional existence, he can see the real difference between the super soul and himself. When the super soul tells the conditioned soul, you and I are one and the same, it is to remind the conditioned soul of his spiritual identity as being qualitatively one. In the third canto, Sri Matvagotam, Canto 3, chapter 28, text 40, it is said, Yotolmukad Vishpulingad, Yotolmukad Vishpulingad, Dumad Vapis Vasambhavad, Apya Mapinabhimatad, Yatarni Pitad Ulmukad. Fire has different features. There is flame, the sparks and smoke. Although these are one in quality, there is still a difference between the fire, the flame, the spark and the smoke. The living entity becomes conditioned, but the Supreme Personality of Godhead is different because he does not become conditioned at any point. In the Vedas it is stated, Atma is the individual soul as well as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the seer of everything. Although both are spirit, there is always a difference. In the Smriti it is also said, Yatagne, Trudra, Vishpulinga, Vyucharanti, just as sparks manifest in the large fire, similarly the small individual souls are present in the big spiritual flame. In Bhagavad Gita chapter 9, text 4, Lord Krishna says, Matstani, Sanabhutani, Nachaham, Teshvavastitaha, all beings are with me, but I am not in them. Although all living beings are resting in him, a small fiery sparks rest on the large flame, both are differently situated. Similarly, in the Vishnu Purana, it is said, Ekadeshastitastha, yeah. Fire is situated in one place, but it distributes heat and light. Similarly, the Supreme Personality of God is distributing the energies, sorry, his energies, in different ways. The living energy is but one of these energies. 
Marginal energy. The energy and the energetic are one in one sense, but they are differently situated as energy and the energetic. Similarly, the subject and under form confirmed in Rama Samhita, Ishvara, Parama, Krishna, Satchit Ananda Vibraha is different from that of the living entity in both its conditioned and liberated states. Only atheists consider the living entity and the personality of Godhead equal in all respects. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu therefore says, Maya Vani Basya Shumile Hoi Sarva Nash. If one follows the instructions of the Maya Vani philosophies and beliefs, that the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the individual soul are one, his understanding of real philosophy is forever doomed. Hmm. That's a long British 
and, and the European scholars um, turn their attention towards um, Vedic texts and, and the philosophy of, of um, India, their exposure was primarily to Mayavadi texts, it seems. And um, uh, it is attractive, you know, it is a very attractive notion or idea to think, yes, I am God, right? Because then, you know, you can do anything. And, that, and, and, and you know, the pop philosophy, pop philosophy of the 60s and the 70s is influenced very much by that, by that idea, that notion. Uh, so um, this this understanding or this idea, this notion of but there were a few problems <laughs> a few problems with this idea of being God if I'm God, how come I'm suffering so this? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, even though I'm God, how come I can't walk on water when I want to so um, there were some limitations there were some obvious limitations to this to this philosophical idea you know reality staring you in the face tells you something completely different and and that's the beauty of the Vaishnava of the, of the of it's the beauty of the philosophy of the Vedanta of the actual Vedanta the proper understanding of Vedanta and certainly as is presented in the Bhagavad Gita because we then understand some of the subtleties the nuances of being simultaneously one with God but also different this is this is this is our our philosophy the philosophy of the, and this it makes more it it's it makes sense. Right? It makes sense. Uh, that um, we have the same qualities as God. Satchit and Vigraha is uh, a feature, a characteristic of the eternal soul. But at the same time, as that uh, nature or that identity is present within us at the same time, we are conditioned. Uh, what does Prabhupada say? Lifta alipta. Uh, lipta and alipta. Krishna, the Supreme Person of God here, is eternally alipta. And he explains it here. Uncontaminated by the external energy. But the living entity, and, and in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna explains chara and akshara, fallen and not fallen. And this is where the, the point of this purport is that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, in the form of the Paramatma, and that's where this theme of this section of the Bhagavatam is all about the relationship between the living entity and the Paramatma, right? 
and the relationship between the two, and the difference between the two, the similarities, but also the differences. This is the subtleties of Vaishnav philosophy that can help that can explain some of these things like I'm God, but I'm not God. Right? I'm part of my, and, and it's mentioned, Mamai Vamsa, Jiva Loke, Jiva Buddha Sanatana. The living entity is a fragmental portion or part of the whole. And it's unlimited fragmental parts. And here, Prabhupada uh, mentions Krishna in the form of the super soul. Uh, expands himself so that he is accompanying all of the infinitesimal living entities, an infinite number of living entities. It's inconceivable. How could somebody be with everybody and manage everybody's lives? You know, we try to conceive of how is that possible? We can't even manage our own lives. uh, and, and so, you know, this is just astounding. Uh, a teacher, right? It's inconceivable, a teacher. Uh, Krishna has a, a, a teacher rupa. Inconceivable form. Okay, how is it possible? And, 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 you know, this is... And, and Ramayana mentioned this the other day, too. He's, Krishna is with the living entity who's wandering... Brahmanda Bhuvi on the Pagamanaji. He's wandering all over the universe. Uh, and uh, accompanied by the super soul. And, and for an interminably long period of time, we're taking birth after birth after birth after birth. Uh, in, in the myriad numbers of forms. 8,400,000 species of life, up and down, around and around. And, and yet, Krishna patiently waits until the living entity turns. He realises his relationship and turns to him and seeks guidance in a purified state. That's, that's why uh, uh, um, it was mentioned previously, ten years ago, some years ago, that um, um, the relationship between the living entity and the super soul is manifest in the relationship between the spiritual master and the disciple, because the disciple, because we in our conditioned state are not able to perceive the presence of the super soul. We're too covered. Uh, and it's not until after following the instructions and the orders of the spiritual master and becoming purified that one can directly perceive the super soul. And hear his, his instructions. So, the fortunate living entity, Bhagavana Jeev, Guru Krishna Prasade, Boy Bhakti Lata meets the spiritual master and gets advice, gets instructions, and acts on those instructions. So that uh, 
since the spiritual master is the representative of the Paramatma. You know, the, the Brahmana comes to the to Vaidehi, uh, is it? Is that right? Vaidhavi. Right. And and uh, and Tulsa, you know, I'm I'm I've I have helped you life after life. Um, so there's this uh, distinct relationship between the living entity, the Atma, and the uh, Param Atma, all called Atma, right? This is one of the confusing things about the, 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 the reference to Brahman, say for example, the use of these words in the Sanskrit description or in the, in the scripture. Brahman can refer to the living entity, Brahman can also refer to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because usually designated as a Parabrahman. Oh, we have Parabrahman here. Huh? The Supreme Brahman. But both Brahman. Right? But the Parabrahman, he's, he's everything, practically speaking. The little Brahman, he's just a little spark. Right, and that example is given here. Just as the fire is situated in the fireplace in the room, but distributes itself through heat and light, and so therefore is present within the whole room. Right? So similarly, the Supreme Personality of Godhead resides in the spiritual world, but at the same time is present everywhere in the form of his energies, right? and knows everything. And is the source of everything. Actually, everything is not different from him. But uh, uh, sometimes existing uh, separately uh, in a conscious state as the living entities and existing separately in an unconscious state as just the material energy, the prakriti. Uh, all Krishna's energies this is why we study the Bhagavatam, so that we can understand the subtleties of this, and not, and not think, yes, I'm the Supreme. Actually, I'm a, I, I, I'm a part and parcel of the Supreme, but my uh, role is as an eternal servant. It's interesting, even Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but he, like, and, 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 so, and, and so therefore is the master of everyone, right, and, and is to be served by everyone, but he likes to do service too, right? He also likes to do service. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, who everybody serves, also likes to serve. Service is the supreme uh, relationship, if you like. And it's what we always do. It's our, it's our, it's our dharma, our, the intrinsic quality of the living entity is to serve. Right? And of course, where does it come from? It must come from Krishna. Right? Such that Krishna takes the reins 
of Arjuna's chariot is prepared to serve his friend. Uh, Krishna only becomes the servant of his um, pure devotees because their mood is always to serve him, so there's this reciprocation. And so that's, that's the, the relationship is um, established, or, or not even established, but because it's always there, but it is re-established or reawakened when the living entity understands uh, his spiritual identity or her spiritual identity is um, couched, it is based in a service mode. Service attitude is how we can determine the advancement or one of the symptoms of advancement of a devotee is to measure their service attitude. Well, how can I serve? Is Prabhupada says, how can I serve is the only question that you need to ask. Right? That's not the only question that you need to ask, obviously. But, uh, one, of the most, one of the most important questions to be asked, once one understands everything else, that we have a relationship with the Supreme. We are qualitative, and you know, this is the, the, the purport, basically Prabhupada saying again and again this, this one point, that um, we're qualitatively one with God, but quantitatively infinitesimally small. And, and uh, one should be aware of that. Simul simultaneously oneness and difference. And in a proper understanding of that relationship, then uh, the uh, transcendentalist who understands that relationship enters into that relationship with a service mood, with a proper understanding of one's relationship comes a proper understanding of one's uh, identity as a servant. And one should act then based on that um, relationship of service. The Supreme Personality of Godhead exists within everything, knows everyone. We are aware of our body but not what's going on in the bodies of others. This is the amazing, the amazing uh, feature, characteristics of the super soul. He knows everything. We only know a limited tetra, field of activity. Huh? Uh, so, at the end. One should not hear this philosophy that we are one with God 
as good as God and as big as God. Right? This is, to hear this kind of, and Prabhupada says this kind of philosophy is atheism. Right? Only atheists consider the living entity and the personality of God here equal in all respects. So we need to understand the equality and the difference. Which is why our philosophy is called the teacher, simultaneously one, but different. Chaitanya uh, Mahaprabhu uh, therefore says, Maya Vani Basya Shunile. If one follows the instructions of Mayavadi philosophers and believes that the Supreme Personality of God and the individual soul are one, his understanding of real philosophy is forever doomed. And it's a contamination. It took me some time to, to even after becoming a, a, a devotee, to get rid of this notion that I was God, or this idea that I'm a servant of God, not God, and that I'm a small part and parcel. It took some time to. I remember opening up a nectar devotion in one of my friend's place and reading. I opened it up and I thought, because I was into reading spiritual books, I was reading the nectar devotion. And there was a description of Krishna playing with his cowherd boyfriends in the fields of Vrindavan. And I thought, wow, this is far enough. Because I thought of God as the big light. And here was a God, here's a God playing with his friends in the forest. And I thought, wow, whoa, whoa. that was incomprehensible. I closed up the book and I put it back in the shelf and I thought, well, yeah, this is too far out for me. Uh, and, you, and you know, with this challenging notion, how do these people know who God is and where he is and what he does? How can somebody say that? You know? So it's contamination. Not being able, when, when being, when the personality of God is revealed, but not being able to understand him. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Does anybody have any comments or questions on any of these points? Yes, Tom. Um, earlier on, you were talking about the Trinity with Christianity. Yes. And it, it actually seems yeah. like they've, they've got it right in some respects. They've got it right. The Father? Who's that? Krishna. Bhagavan. Right? The Son is. Uh, yeah, that's yes, that's Jesus. The the and the Holy Ghost, Brahma, or the Paramatma. I don't know. I, I, if it's not long ago that um, my remembrance of Christian theology is is a dim, dark, distant memory. But yeah, the Father's easy. That's that's Lord that's that's Lord Vishnu. Uh, he's the father of everybody. Uh, well, Krishna, uh, and ultimately Krishna. The son, yes, 
um, that could be the living entity because you know we're all sons and daughters of God. Huh? And the Holy Ghost, yeah, Paramatma, I suppose, yeah. But what does the Holy Ghost do? That I'm not, I, 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 I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> the Paramatma, Brahman, no, sorry, uh, Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Sakriti. That's my version now. (laughs) 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 I was was actually. I remember going on a a camp, a um, church camp, and um, I was able to. You know, every Sunday my parents used to take me to church and we'd, I'd listen to the sermons. Uh, and so I picked up, you know, this happened like, just like we do. We pick up our philosophy by regularly hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam. So I picked up. And I remember going to this camp and most of the kids that were at the camp, they, they didn't know it. They, so we were having discussions and I was able to converse. In, in the, the, the Christian philosophy, ideology, whereas others couldn't. But you know, by the time I was 15, I had too many questions that didn't have answers. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't until I met the devotees on Sankatan. Oh, they were on Sankatan. I was on Sankatan. <laughs> <laughs> I was cruising the streets of the city, going to the record shops and looking for looking for records. Uh, but and and, and um, you know some of the devotees that I met, uh, but they preached to me, and and uh, I was impressed because all of my questions they had an answer for. Just like that. Which is which is the test which is, which is proof of Shiva Prabhupada's effectiveness because pretty much the devotees reading Prabhupada's book, hearing the Bhagavad philosophy, then one becomes adept in presenting Krishna consciousness by hearing and repeating Jaran Kirtana. And uh, Every, every question, I, there wasn't one question that I, that nobody had, didn't have an answer for. No? And of course, you know, if you read Prabhupada's books, then these um, examples are presented, Prabhupada presents them time and time again. And as in this purport, you know, this is a two, two and a half page purport, and Prabhupada more or less says the same thing five or six times. Well, in different ways. Different angles. And Papa wanted us to study verse and chapter, verse and chapter. Be able to present from different points of view. Uh, and and uh, even to write. Well, Papa wanted us to write because 
That's a test then of our understanding, right? And then our presentation. And this is important. This is self-realization. And especially for the Vaishnavas, uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavas especially, um, this is, this is, this is um, intrinsic or it's, it's an essential quality of, of, of the Vaishnava to give um, knowledge to uh, culture and, and uh, Brahminical culture rests on a proper understanding of who we are and uh, what our relationship is with God and how we should act in that relationship. That's pretty much the purpose of religion, is to understand who we are, what our relationship is with Krishna, then what do you do? What do you do? And just sit around and do nothing. There must be some impetus. And the impetus for the devotees is to enlighten others. We can't enlighten ourselves. Prabhupada says, chalk out a plan of life. This is in the Bhagavad Gita introduction. Two quotes that I picked up last week that really hit me and stuck. The first one was that we're swallowed up by the tiger of Nessians. Tigers of Nessians. What was it, tiger? I don't think I said tigress, right? Which is Maya. Not that we have anything against women, but, you know, Maya is manifest in the form of a woman for good reason. And then, uh, so Prabhupada said, we're, we're caught up in illusion. And so what's the Bhagavad Gita for? The Bhagavad Gita is to understand what our, who we are, what our relationship with God is, and then how we should act. And so Prabhupada said we should chalk out a plan for life. No? And you can see that, and you see that vividly demonstrated in Prabhupada's life. No? In that he met his spiritual master. And Prabhupada says that his initiation took place when he first met Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And there's a quotation, there's one quotation where Prabhupada says that initiation takes place when one accepts the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is a very interesting, uh, maybe only once Prabhupada says this, at least in what I've studied. And, 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 and we see that in his life. He accepted Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur as his spiritual master from that first meeting. And at the same time, he accepted Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission at that point in time because you know, Prabhupada was arguing as a young man that, you know, how can we liberate others when we ourselves are um, enslaved? Or not enslaved, but who we are, uh, as well, um, subjugated by the British. Right? Um, which must have been a bug. I, 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 in Australia, we think we're free. Uh, we're Australian, we're free. <laughs> but in India, the Indian psyche for many years was we, you know, we're, we're 
subjugated by the British, and before that, subjugated by the the Mughal Mughal yes. rulers, right? Who were despots. Well, not all of them, but many of them, right? So you know, liber uh, uh, independence was a big thing for the Indian psyche, right? Get free from the British. Because as Krapa points out, when they went to the treasury, the British had taken all the gold, <laughs> taken all the money. So, Sri Krapa argued that, um, you know, the Gandhian philosophy, but he was defeated by Dr. Sinan's And so Krapa was pleased. He came away pleased that he'd been defeated by, by his spiritual master. And in that defeat, he accepted him as his guru and he accepted the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Right? At that point, he accepted it. Because it wasn't, and, and this is why initiation, in one sense, the, 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 um, the, uh, what do you call it? The, you know, the jagya and the, the vows, uh, the acceptance of the vows and the giving of the name and, is, is a formality. It's a formality that that um, that that, that um, is the embodiment of that acceptance and that mood of surrender that the disciple has to come to. Prior to initiation, it has to, you know, that, that, that proper understanding and that um, mood of submission, uh, submission, supplication in the, in the Christian terminology, supplication, one becomes a supplicant, which means basically one bows down before the spiritual master and says, I am yours. Right? So that has to happen before the formal. Uh, process. And Prabhupada says at that point that that's where the real initiation takes place, interestingly. So, uh, you know, that's, 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 uh, um, um, demonstrated then in the acceptance or the, the, um, the, Dedication and and um, um, surrender with determination to the um, mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because that's really the, that's the Brahminical culture is to enlighten others, to give others Krishna consciousness. It's 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 good to be uh, the beneficiary of the mercy of the spiritual master. But if one wants to really get the mercy of the spiritual master, then one has to follow the mission or to, one has to dedicate oneself to the mission of the spiritual master. And of course, in our mind, that mission of the spiritual master is the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that's, in that context, that we have to chalk out a plan of, of life. 
And we see that now. We see that very much in Srila Prabhupada's life. He, he accepted that mission right from the day that he met Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And, and what did Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur tell Srila Prabhupada to do? Preach in English in the Western countries. So Prabhupada got that instruction at what age was he? 22 or 23? Well, 22 or 23 didn't get, in one sense, um, we're kind of, well, I can't say that we're more fortunate, but we're certainly fortunate. We got our our instructions at 22 or 23. We were able to do it straight away. Prabhupada got his instruction, but spent a lifetime pretty much. Um, it wasn't until he was 70 that he actually arrived in, in, in America. Huh? And even then, Prabhupada says, I was in America, but every week, or quite often, he would go to the, uh, the Cindy office to see when the next boat was going back home, was going back to <laughs> back to uh, India. Huh? So even Prabhupada was in America and he was pursuing the order of his spiritual master. He himself had doubts. Isn't it amazing? Even he himself had to struggle with will I stay here or will I go? Because it was so hard. Huh? It was so hard. Amazing when you think about it. So, chalk out a plan of life. And then stick at it. And even sometimes, you know, the going will get tough. So you wonder, who am I doing? What am I, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? But that's okay. That's all. That's part of following the order of the spiritual master. Okay. Anything else? Don't know how we got into that. <clears throat> Just a one question. Um, do we say Maya bodies are also atheists? Prabhupada says. <laughs> <laughs> We tend to follow in Prabhupada's footsteps, so I guess that's what we do too. Yes, yeah, atheism. Atheism because, because if you're God, then what kind of God are you? In other words, God's position, his supreme position, is taken away from him. If you're God, and this is why Prabhupada says, you know, if, if the living entity and God are the same, then the the conversation between Arjuna and Krishna is meaningless. Right? Because that means God's a conditioned soul. It's just sad. And you know, when you think about it, it just doesn't make sense. Of course, it's... And, and that's the message of the Bhagavad Gita. And, and it's subtle. It's, it's a subtle presentation because... Yes, we are the same. But 
Yes, we're different. And that's the distinction between qualitative and quantitative. Well, that's the difference. Qualitatively, we're the same in our pure spiritual state because we've fallen into the material realm and so covered over and contaminated by the material energy. So we think we're a temporary, finite being. Whereas in actual fact, we're an internal um, uh, well, still finite, anyone says, infinitesimally small, but we're eternal. We're not this body, in other words. And so, um, this, is a, this is a very subtle understanding of the relationship between the finite and the infinite, or the infinitesimally small and the infinitesimally big. And um, um, a proper understanding of our Satchit Ananda form, which is the same in quality as the Satchit Ananda form of God, and understanding the, the similarities and also the subtle differences. Whereas the Mahamani philosophy equates the two as one completely, which just destroys the position of God. You know? That's Prabhupada's argument. It's the argument of the Bhagavad Gita, basically. I was thinking the Mayavis can't be classified completely as atheist because when when Shankaracharya came, there was there were atheists and he said, Okay, God is impersonal, so that was the transition between atheism and theism. Yes, that's a good point. And so there's more there is subtlety even to that relationship. Right? And and um, um, Prabhupada even in the Bhagavatam mentions that uh, that pursuit of spiritual knowledge is indicative of a devotee. Right? It's indicative of a devotional core, if you like. But they're misdirected. They've given the wrong uh, uh, instructions. There's not a proper understanding of the subtleties of a Jijabhiga, a Vedantatva. And you see that in the Vaishnava line, Ramanuja and um, Nimbaka and um, Mother, how there's always this, this um, um, conflict in establishing the personality of Godhead and, and the difference between the soul and the and the similarities between the living entity and God, but also then the differences. And so, in the in the in the in the Vaishnav um, the there's always this presentation. And of course, we see a development of that philosophy until it comes to the point of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and then there's a, a full uh, ex, ex, explanation of that relationship. So. Yes, you're right. We, we still respect them for their spiritual um, aspirations, but um, avoid them because um, somewhere there's been a misstep. And in, in Bhagavad Gita, it says that there's a verse, Bhagavad Gita, 
after many, many girls one athlete. Is that why you turn on my Could be. Yeah, it could be for all of us. Though. We can, you can just be an out and out just materialist. For many, many birds. Yeah. 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 Exquisite and challenging. It's challenging. Um, and so, therefore, we can find ourselves in a combative, you know, uh, position with others when we present our philosophy. We can easily find ourselves in conflict with others. Uh, but generally speaking, best not to get into too much of an argumentative mode with others. Better to be friendly and respectful to everyone. Your Prabhupada says the way to preach, following Prabhupada Saraswati's uh, descriptions or advice, tell everybody that they're an extremely intelligent philosopher. Right? You're a very intelligent person. I've never met anybody more intelligent than you. To give up your silly philosophy, <laughs> understand the proper perspective. That's you know the position of the Bhagavad Gita. So, generally speaking, it's best to avoid argumentative um, positions because that means that the hearer is not submissive. And so, even though we may philosophically defeat somebody, we haven't. Right? What's that saying? A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Right? I remember once I was flying to Los Angeles and um, I, I got up and stretched my legs and I was walking up and down and then this one fellow came up to me and um, he was a little bit drunk, I think. I figured out. And he wanted to argue with me. And, you know, I just got up and had a bit of a relax and I said, whoa! It's okay, take it easy. But you know, sometimes just the presence of the devotee brings out the combativeness in people. They want to dress us down. You know, just because we dress like this, if we, we make a statement about the fact that we're Hare Krishna. And that's quite, you know, that's saying something. Right? And so then when he challenges, we're just like, well, here, have a Bakura. Have some Prasad. <laughs> relax. <laughs> and in that way, you know, we actually end up defeating them because what's the point of arguing with some drunken? And most people are drunk, you know, with mature energy. <laughs> They're all drunkards in one sense. Even we're, you know, recovering drunks. <laughs> so, you know, the mature energy is intoxicating. When you, when you become full of the material energy, you had too much of it, you're like a drunk. Like a bad man. Huh? So, uh, 
we may not stride up and down, you know, the front garden calling out, you know, you're all demons, you're all atheists. We're more, it's better to say, you're a wonderful intellectual, you're a great philosopher. Huh? But come and hear the Srimad Bhagavatam. Give up your stupid, well, we might not say this, but really what we're saying is, give up your stupid philosophy and come and hear the real thing. That's our culture, that's our, that's our, that's the Kripa or the mercy of the Vaishnavas, is that they give their association, and in that association, they give people an opportunity to hear about who they really are, and what their actual position is, and how they should act. But, you know, the thing that strikes me, one, one thing that strikes me about the Bhagavad Gita is right in the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, Dhritarashtra is deeply concerned. Right? And what's he concerned about? Yes, the outcome of the war. But what's, he, what's the detail of his concern? Two things. Kurukshetra, right? And Dharmachetra. That Kurukshetra is a holy place. And he didn't want the influence of the holy place to affect his sons. And double, to double that, the, the um, Pandavas were there too. The devotees, basically. And he was concerned about the influence of the place, but also the influence of the Pandavas. So he was concerned about the association that his sons were going to get. Because we know, if you associate with the devotees, what happens? If you associate with the devotees, what happens? Your material life is finished. Huh? It's scary. I know. It's like, oh, if I get mixed up with these guys, I'm finished. Or at least my conception of life, as I had it then, would be completely destroyed. So Dhritarashtra is deeply concerned about the Sangha, the association, and how it would affect his sons. Would it turn them into the, They might become devotees. He was worried about that. They might change their minds. That's what happens when you associate with the Hare Krishnas, they change your mind. Yes, because you've got a dirty brain. <laughs> you need brainwashing. Yeah, wash. why Damrini Maharaj encourages his disciples to read the Prabhupada's books two hours a day every day. Well, for brainwashing. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you know, that deep-seated uh, desire uh, you know, to enjoy and to be a, an enjoyer is very, very powerful. It, 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 one has to remove, like the Maharaj mentioned it the other day in class, and I read it last night, 
And Prabhupada said, there's an anatta. Is to want to enjoy the material world. To anatta. To actually, I think there's four symptoms of anatta, actually. And Prabhupada says, one has to overcome the weakness of heart. Riddhaya, what is it? Bodhram, isn't it? yes. One has to overcome the weakness of heart. And, and that is to want to enjoy and then to control. Right? And you know where the key is? The key? The key is in the beginning of the 15th chapter. Oh, not the only place, I'm sure, but Prabhupada says the key to overcoming this weakness of heart is in the beginning of the 15th chapter. So, um, you know, one has to live a one has to change one's life effectively so that it's cultivating and, and this is described in the 16th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita in the beginning of the 16th chapter you have all of the qualities of knowledge and then the qualities of the asa, the, the, the daily sampat the, the, the qualities of the devotee and then the asura uh, sampat the qualities of an asura right. so one has to cultivate the qualities of a uh, the daily sampat, um, 12 qualities, is it? Okay. In that list? I think it's 12, but it could be more. Um, and of course, uh, that, and a synopsis or a description of that process is given in the beginning of the, of the, of the Bhagavad Gita, which is, which is a description of how to uh, cut the tree of material existence, which is a perverted reflection of the tree of the spiritual world. Okay. So, take away. Take away. What's that? Talk out the plan of life. Well, the plan of life today is take away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see how it goes, because you know there may be a point where we're just not making any money, and it, it'll be counterproductive. Okay. Yes, it's an interesting life, isn't it? Who would have thought? And then at five o'clock they all came out and had kitan. <laughs> the devotees did, I don't know about anybody else. Yeah, interesting. Okay, Hare Krishna.